Ahoy me mighty sailors and welcome to another thrilling, adventurous, gripping, amazing edition of Bears on Film. Podcast may not be as amazing as previously stated. <laughs> Just covering ourselves there. <laughs> we speak each other's unspoken language fluently. <laughs> Yes, welcome back. This week we're throwing back to a classic because there's not really much out this week. You know, we've already given you so many episodes lately, so just take this as as it is. So we're going to a film of my choice, which I've chosen for you to watch. And even as soon as I said that you should watch this, I almost regret it immediately because I'm sure that you're going to slam my childhood. You'll find out. But this is one of my all-time favourite movies. And it's going to be hard for me to separate this because... This was almost my Star Wars growing up as a kid. Like, I had this on tape and I would watch it on repeat again and again and again and again. Yeah, I was was curious as to why we went this rather than Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Ah, right. I wasn't even sure if you would know that this was a sequel. So I see you've done your research. Mm. Um, Yeah, so this is the middle of a trilogy, actually. So... Seventh Voyage was in 1958, then we had this in 1973, and then the final Sinbad Adventure uh, hit us in 1977. The reason for this is that this is the only one I've seen. All right. Um, I actually saw this as a Sunday night family movie on TV back when they were hosted by Agro. Do you remember Agro? The little... Sadly. <laughs> for all you non-Australians out there. It's a stupid puppet. We, we used to have this awesome puppet called Agro. Stupid. Which in Australia, Agro means like cranky. And he was this little, almost like a bear, I Well, you never guess. saw him from the front. Yeah, you did. Which one am I? Oh, I'm thinking of the one on you're hey, thinking, hey, You're thinking of what was Red? Well, not, not Red's Red. a person. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who hit the gong. Yeah, that's Red Simons. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're thinking of. It was called like Gimpy or something. It wasn't Gimpy, but it was something <laughs> like offensive. it was something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know what you. No, Agro is like a little brown kind of thing. He used to host like Saturday morning kids cartoons, and for a brief period back in the, I guess early 90s he would host the sunday night family movies on tv so he'd do a little introduction and then each ad break he'd pop up and say crap um and as i've said on this show before i i had vhs tapes coming out the wazoo as a kid i would tape everything and so i taped this and would watch it over and over and over again i loved it so i was seven when i first saw this and this was the first time i know it's you probably won't even believe me because what kind of seven-year-old pays attention to this kind of stuff but this was the first time that i really loved the making of film and started to pay attention to who was making films and the techniques and stuff and you know because of the animation in this i got really into stop motion and so you know when i was around 10 my dad even got me some puppets and built a set for me and stuff and i would make my own little stop motion movies with these little frog puppets and stuff like so yeah that's why this one just because this is my sinbad so for for a long time i actually thought that ray harryhausen was just called harry Housen. Oh, you thought his name was Harry? Because <laughs> all, I, all I, I only ever heard him referred to as Harry, as Harry Housen. Yeah. And I was like, that Harry's a name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I guess I guess it's hard for us to talk about a Harryhausen movie without talking about Ray Harryhausen. I mean, do you, you know about Ray Harryhausen? Yeah, the only so previous to this, the only Harryhausen film that I'd seen is Clash of the Titans. Ah, right. So that was his final film before retirement. Um, he did come out briefly, I think, in the early 2000s to work on uh, something very, very small. Yeah, that was his final film. So this was his third last film. So he was pretty well established by this point. So if you don't know who Harryhausen is, I mean, let's just quickly go over this. First thing you need to know is he's got a first name. Yeah, his first name's Ray. In fact, you might be surprised, his first name's Raymond, not Ray. Did I shock you there? <laughs> I'm just, I don't know if I'll recover. <laughs> 
yeah, so Raymond Frederick Harryhausen is better known as the grandfather of visual effects because he literally created visual effects as we know it in the film industry today. Without him, I don't think we'd have... I mean, obviously, computers have come along, but the first kind of large computer movie was Jurassic Park, and that was still under the direction of a stop-motion animator who was trained under Harryhausen because... What Harryhausen was great at was understanding movement. He he studied anatomy and muscles and the way creatures and animals move. And that's what makes his creature work so iconic is that, you know, when these creatures are moving and fighting and jumping, it, they have gravity and weight to them and real motion. The other big thing he did was create what uh, he coined as dynamation. So before this, stop motion would always just... There was no way around it. It was foreground. It was always just slopped on top of the original background plate. Uh, He came up with this way of doing it called dynamation, which basically allowed him to chuck his animation in the midground, which of course gives it so much more dynamic to it because you've got foreground elements it looks much more like it was in the original plate so the way he did this was by a very similar way that matte painting was done at the time he would have his animation table with his little figures and his set pieces and stuff behind that he would have a plane of glass with the original plate rear projected onto it he would set up his camera in front of all that look through the lens make sure that his models were where he wanted them to be and stuff he would then put another plane of glass between the animation table and the camera and looking through the lens decide what he wanted to be foreground and and paint black over it on this new plane of glass, effectively matting out those areas while he was animating, and then he would rewind the film and re-expose those areas, putting the foreground back in over the top of his animation, which is incredible. Like, effectively, he invented compositing. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. realistic, that's what compositing yeah. is today, is layering, you know, elements. And he did this live in reality. And part of what he did too, because obviously... He started when film was in black and white. And in fact, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad was his very first film in colour. So once you get into colour film, lighting and film stock matters much, much more. So the amount of detail that he would put into lighting his figurines and sets so that they match the original plate was insane. And so all of it marries together so well. So even, I mean... I don't know what you thought of this movie yet, but you had to at least think that those scenes were incredible. Going into it, I was like, bare minimum, you yep. get to watch the work of, of Harry Harryhausen. Yeah. And if you don't enjoy... And this is one of his, like, yeah, and great pieces. If you don't enjoy the work of Ray Harryhausen, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you, if you don't know much about Harryhausen, just please look up Skeleton Fight, Jason and the Argonauts. Go to YouTube and search for that. That was absolutely groundbreaking because the... The way that he handled interactions with live characters and with set is insane. And that scene, he's got six animated skeletons all fighting this one live-action person. And you would swear that they were there. Their swords collide. It's amazing work. So check that out. Yeah, the, the animation style is so much fun. Yeah, like, it's, it's beautiful. Because it's so tactile. Yes. Because it is real. Yeah. There's... There's just something hugely enjoyable about the animation itself. I could talk about Harryhausen for an hour, but we're not <laughs> going to do that because we're, we're going to talk about the movie. The and movie. That, that's what I'm nervous about. So tell me about the movie. So going into the movie, I tried to like, I set myself. I'm like, this is a B movie yeah, from it, 1973. It, it, is, it is. It's so, a B movie. You know, yeah. you need to know where, where are you entering this film from? Yeah. And 
there's plenty in this movie. If you didn't if you didn't know it was a B movie going in, then times where like people walk around the set and like their voices change because they go off mic, like even worse than us. <laughs> 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 like that happens. There's like there's aborted zooms. Yeah, in yeah. The okay. film. Yeah, re- so re- on rewatch I did find the ADR was not perfect. Yeah. Um the but, redub. Yeah. But yeah, it's a B movie from nineteen seventy three. So yeah, you of need course. to yeah, you need to kind of set yourself there. So that was like the bar that I had for the film to clear. Did it clear that bar? It almost did. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're doing high jump in gym. You're like, I've got this. But actually, you just clatter into the bar and everyone laughs at you. No, but no, 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 no. But this movie is just so much fun and adventurous. And, you know, there's swashbuckling and sailing across the seas. So and- unfortunately for you, I couldn't help but think of this while I was watching it. I was like kind of comparing I'm like this is a fair way removed from like Errol Flynn being Robin Hood and we're not that far away from Indiana Jones like when you're talking for me awesome adventurous swashbuckling things they're my kind of go-to things this for me like it's not even in the same ballpark (laughs) all right but imagine you're seven yeah for sure for sure (laughs) I can I can see that like little me I reckon would have loved it. Yeah. Unfortunately, and like when you're when you go in a car, someone called Sinbad. Obviously, your first port of call is going to be someone called John <laughs> Philip Law. He does all right. <laughs> he is, unfortunately for me, just devoid of charisma. Oh, eat a dick. <laughs> When, when, I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be him. I wanted to shave my well, head you're white enough. and sail across. The, no, I don't know if you know this about me, but until I was about 13, what I actually wanted to be was an explorer. Yeah, what stopped you? I, I wanted to sail the seas, find new countries, you know, be an adventure. That was partly a combination of this movie and Zelda. It made me want to be an adventurer when I grew up. And then I, as I got older and fatter, I realized that that was... That you could do it from the couch. That was just not a reality. Um... And also, everything's been discovered. So, really, that's why I stopped. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but I wanted to be Simbad. He has so much charisma. Hmm. No. <laughs> that makes no I sense. I feel like, like the actor, John Philip Law, like if he'd been cast in Starship Troopers where it's intentional, oh, no. like it, they're meant to be bad, then that would make sense, sure. So, so you're defending Starship Troopers here now? Dude, Starship Troopers is a masterpiece. <laughs> that's arguably the greatest satire ever made. So, so you didn't find the plot engaging? You didn't find the creatures engaging? The creatures, absolutely. Like, Harryhausen's work, for me, is the reason to watch the film. Yeah, so he's because he's so he was so prolific and well-known, if you wanted Harryhausen to work on a film, you brought him in at the story development stage, and he would sit there with you, and you would come up with the plot together, and the because he was very into mythology and creatures and stuff as well, so he had this great knowledge of, of all of these different mythological creatures. But y- you, you didn't appreciate the plot? Like, the... No. No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, even right at the beginning when it, when Sinbad first gets his hands on the amulet, like, someone on the boat's like, oh, this is a bad omen, I wouldn't do it. And he's like, I think I keep it. Yeah, and he puts it around <laughs> his neck. He's like, well, good on you for listening to your crewmates. <laughs> but that's Sinbad. That's who Sinbad is. Sinbad is a dick. He's a rogue. Sinbad, yeah, he is. He doesn't listen to anyone. So, all right. So, the plot of this... All right. So, Sinbad finds a golden tablet that's dropped from a creature in the sky. Some they kind got, of and thing. they do refer to it as a tablet, don't they? They do. They, it's not yeah, a tablet. They call it a tablet. Why not? A tablet's the thing. Tablet? Like, a tablet is what Moses took up the mountain. It's an amulet. Nah, mate. It's an amulet. No, it's a piece of a they tablet. They can't even it's, get it's the... a. It's, it's like a broken piece. It's Gavage. a part of... Nah. Anyway, so Sinbad keeps... I keep it. I keep it. I do love the way he says that. And uh, that night he has a dream that leads him to a man named Vizier who has kind of a golden face. (laughs) 
uh, who has another part of this golden map, and they mount a quest across the sea to solve the riddle of the map, and they're accompanied by this slave girl with a mysterious tattoo of an eye on her palm. <laughs> I'm ominously showing my palm. To it is about. ominous. <laughs> I don't know where that thing's been. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Keep talking then. All right, so when yep. we first meet Sla- Slave Girl, she's a slave girl. Yeah, so she's, she's, all, she's yeah. all in this skimpy outfit because she's a slave girl. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, you're free. You can wear whatever you want now. Oh, it's the same outfit, but a different <laughs> colour. And then when she's freed, she's like, like have, asking how many, of, how many of these old B sci-fi movies have you seen? Like, that's just that was the done thing to have the skimpy... You know, like, have you ever seen Voyage of the Planet of the Prehistoric Women? Uh, I haven't. <laughs> well, that that like, that like is... Like, I'm not defending it. I'm glad well, that we... Well, it kind of sounds no, like it. I'm glad that we've moved on from it. Well. And it doesn't... Well, yeah, okay, to an extent. But... Looking, look at this through the lens of 1973, you know? Yeah, but then you've also got to understand that I'm looking at it not having seen it as a seven-year-old. I'm seeing it in 2018. See, because I, I was so hard in love with that girl when I was a kid. I can imagine, yeah. Like, I was I was just... Even to this day, I, I, lo- I love that woman. And then, I'm like, so in love with Carol treated Monroe. A, like, how does she fall in love with Sinbad? Like, when she's freed, <laughs> she goes to do something for him, and he says, oh, he says, you're freed. You're not at anyone's beck and call. Fetch me a drink. That's actually what he says. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he's telling her she doesn't have to do anything now for fetch, anymore. Now fetch me no, a drink. And then he's asking, you know, oh, but, you know, while you're up, would you get me a drink, love? Oh, so, so I misread that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, what about what about the score? Did you find the music in this film good? Because for a B-movie, every time I watch this movie, I'm surprised by the score. I find the score really engaging and adventurous and hooks me in. Yeah, I feel like the score should be accompanying some really good cool swashbuckling stuff but we had that unfortunately it's we had the cool swashbuckling Sinbad no no (laughs) no I don't don't understand the words you're saying (laughs) like alright okay what about what about the scene where they're on the boat and the like the figurehead at the mast of the boat yeah which is a really cool sequence yes how amazing is that scene? That's great, actually. It might actually be my favourite. It's, um, it's a great... Except for the, when we, whenever we cut back to Kura. Is it Kura? Yeah, the, the bad, bad guy. guy. When he, and so he's like controlling yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, this thing. And he's getting weaker as he's controlling it. He looks like he's taken a dump. <laughs> he sat there and he's just like... Yes, <gasps> yes because, because dark magic takes a toll on the user. And it apparently manifests as <laughs> constipation. <laughs> Aside from the cutbacks to Kura, the sequence itself yeah. is is great. And I mean that that anim- like I mean, and that's a nighttime scene too. The way that they the way that Harryhausen integrates her with that scene, I don't even like. I've seen movies today that look worse than that. The animation is so fluid and it's engaging. The fight the fight itself is yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, that fight's it's so it's so well done. So how can you say that there's no good swashbuckling in this movie? I don't think Sinbad's in that scene. What's great about it is. Geez, this is just so well done. The interaction between them and this yeah. stop motion thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about any of the people in the you scene. You don't care about the plot or the characters. No, I don't. If, if she had stabbed every single one of them and rolled credits, I'd have been like, I don't feel bad for any of them because I don't care about any of them. <laughs> Here's okay. Let me ask you this: If you weren't watching this film for the purpose of our show, would you have sat through till the end? Like, if 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 you were flipping channels and this came on and you were like, oh, hey, I've never seen a Harryhausen film before. I'm going to check this out. W- would you have kept watching through till the end? Okay. If in the scenario of flicking channels, no. But if I'd gone, I want to watch another Harryhausen film because I feel like I should, then I probably would have stuck it out. Okay. One thing I'll give it is that I think very clearly there's like a list of stuff here 
that Star Wars is outright thieved from it. Oh, absolutely. So, well, like I said, he's he's the grandfather of visual effects. Not even visual effects wise. Kura, when he is constipated and <laughs> controlling that thing, he like ages in front of your eyes, like yes. Palpatine in yep, Episode yep. Three. We've got a reverse Rancor pit scenario where, like, instead of an objectified woman looking down on a hero, um, and there's a big monster in the pit, it's the hero looking down on an objectified woman. In the pit. Yeah. And th- there was a couple more as well where I was like, ah, Star Wars totally flogged that. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, again, Star Wars itself, while it is a B sci-fi movie, is in a lot of ways an homage to all everything that came before it. And yeah, and Star Wars was almost the turning point in cinema history where B sci-fi movies became more than B sci-fi mm, movies. That's right. Most people working on it were like, oh yeah, we're just doing another one of these things. Exactly. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad was a success at the box office. Like, it was it was very, very, very It was big. good business, yeah. Yeah, but it was still seen as a B-movie, whereas sci-fi, Star Wars really turned the tables on that. But yeah, in doing that, they borrowed a ton of shit. So one thing that, like, and this is, like, you know you're watching a B, like I said, I'm coming into a B-movie. It doesn't necessarily make it any easier to, like, not laugh at scenes where, like, someone's trying to keep this amulet from going into the water yeah. And they just keep like, uh, uh, stretch for it. But all they do is rather than grab it, knock it closer and closer into the water. And you're just like, you're an idiot. Just pick the thing up. Or like when Sinbad's fighting the, the multi-armed thing and like the bad guys are right behind him. How great is that and fight it, scene? It is very cool. Again, again, like 10 minutes ago, you said there was no good swashbuckling in this movie. And now again, you're agreeing that a fight scene was good. No, I'm saying that the creature animation in it is really good. Sinbad in it is terrible. <laughs> every cu- every close up of him, you're just like, just get stabbed. Honestly, you're an oxygen thief. <laughs> But, like, when he's fighting that thing, there is a point where he could just turn around and stab the bad guy. He's standing right there. I mean, I I guess. But, you know, you're criticising these characters for kind of being numpties. But that's that's pretty much a trope. Like, look at Alien, for example. A lot of the movie could have been avoided if the characters had just done something a little bit smarter. Which they very much carried into Alien Covenant. When one person was like, uh, don't let it on the ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If only. But that that's how that's how a lot of these movies work. Because if characters made the best decisions, you'd have a four-minute movie. If Sinbad was like, you're right, I will not keep Amulet, and yeah. threw it in the water. Job done. Then, Thankfully, I wouldn't then have to watch him anymore. Oh, um, dickhead. <laughs> Uh, so there's a there's an enjoyable fight uh, at the end of the film between a nice little ex machina griffin yeah and a griffin's great where like it's just like a, they're like oh that's handy <laughs> there's a griffin here to fight the cycloptian centaur that yeah. was harassing us yeah uh, but anyway it's then a cool fight it's a great fight <laughs> between them except again like you're just like when the, the baddies come along and, and stab the griffin you're like um, why aren't the rest of you stabbing the cycloptian centaur. <laughs> <laughs> like they're showing you yeah. what to do yeah but, th- but then you wouldn't have the awesome fight between the griffin and the centaur well the, the fight's pretty well over by that point <laughs> i i mean i get, I'm, i feel like your criticism of the film is mostly that as a harryhausen vehicle it's too long and if they cut out a lot of the rest of the scenes around the cool creature stuff it would be okay i do think there should be less sinbad <laughs> <laughs> in the movie called, called The Golden Voyage, Voyage of Sinbad. Sinbad. If it was The Golden Voyage of Cool Harry Housen stuff, <laughs> I'd like it a lot more. We do get people saying Allah be praised. We wouldn't get that anymore. No, you're right. That wouldn't happen these days. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it might happen. Did you ever watch Homeland? No. From memory, it's been a long time since I've seen it. The CIA agent comes home and he's Muslim. So everyone's like, oh shit, this guy's a terrorist now. And then the giant plot twist is that 
yeah, he has. He's a terrorist now. <laughs> like, how, how about you twist it and go, yeah, nah, he's not a terrorist. No, he's... But it's like, okay, that was racist. Did you see The Reluctant Fundamentalist from, I don't know, five years ago? No. That's good, maybe. It's, yeah. kind of, it's like that where a bunch of people assume this guy is a terrorist and... You're honestly not sure. Yeah, right. I should check that out. So I'm guessing that on the strength of this, or I guess in your eyes, the weakness of this, you're not going to rush out and watch the other Sinbad films. I, like, because I already know of the creatures and stuff in particularly Seventh Voyage, I would like to see it. Yeah. Well, and you'll be happy to know that John Philip Law is not in Seventh Voyage. He's not Sinbad. Well, I mean, that was made... I'm interested. It was made, like, 20 years earlier. Like, they're not going to use the same actor. (laughs) Yes. Loose use of the word actor. (laughs) You dickhead. <laughs> this show is done. done. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the final Bears on film. We hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, I mean, I can't... To be honest, I can't say that I'm surprised. This is this is almost the exact result I was expecting, was that you would, you would understand my love for it at the same time. I do, and I also think that if I had it. seen it as a seven-year-old, I'd have been in love with it. That's the thing. It's hard for me to separate it. I can't watch this movie and not feel immediate nostalgia. Yep. I can't watch this movie objectively and think about the plot or anything. You know, like these days, most of the time I watch it, I, I barely even watch it. You know, like I put it on and it's just something that's that's there. Yeah. You know, like it's comforting to me. And It's, it's not- like me when anyone brings up how on earth are Ewoks beating up stormtroopers. I'm like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because for you, for some reason, Jedi is your favorite. Jedi is my favorite. But, and it, it's, you don't think Jedi is the best. I don't. We've had this conversation, but it's still your favorite. But it's favorite. my favorite. So I'm not, I'm not even going to give this an objective rating because i just can't i just yep. thought it was something that we should watch and I'm, I'm glad we did but i'm i guess what's your rating my rating and largely on the this is every number out of 10 that this gets is thanks um, to harry Housen. yeah and not the film at large <laughs> i'll give it a four out of ten okay yeah it's like billy went to say okay yeah it's fair but it was like, no, it's not. No, it's not fair. <laughs> no, look, I, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. It's uh, it's disappointing. It makes me sad, but I'll move that on. That I can't. And I'll joy, just... joy won't make it into my black heart. <laughs> I'll just slag off the next film that you choose for us to watch. So <laughs> I'm going to pick Citizen Kane. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> where was the swashbuckling? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, anyway, I had fun, so thanks for the chat. Yep. (laughs) Just going to go home and have a cry. So, the usual. (laughs) So, we actually, we're not joking. We actually are ending Bears on Film. Like, you threatened it, but... Yes, it's true fact. True fact. But not really. The show will go on, but there is an announcement. It will no longer be called Bears on Film. What, uh, What will the show be called, Billy? So, going forward, the show will be called We Watched a Thing... Because we watch things. Because we watch things. So there'll be one more episode of Bears on Film. That's right. This Thursday, we'll be coming at you with our Oscars predictions. And that will be Bears on Film. But going forward, if you want to find us, we're going to be at wewatchthething.com and at wewatchthething on all of our social needs for your social needs. Exact same show, different name. Not going anywhere. Same day, same blokes, just different name like any brand does when they feel they've become stale and it's garbage, like when coke became new coke it's like yeah rather than actually trying to improve in any way we'll just rebrand it and hope <laughs> yeah. that people fall for it 
But the real reason is that Billy was like, show's over because I didn't like Sinbad. Yes. Uh, so if you want to get in contact with us, you can now do that at wewatchthething.com and at wewatchthething on all of your social pipes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we'll be there hanging down. Yeah, go to We Watched a Thing for Bears on Film for the rest of this week. Not confusing <laughs> at all. Yeah. Catches. Catches.